Hello, podcast listeners. We know podcasts are a great way to catch up on a program that you may have missed on KSJE, and it's provided as a free service of this radio station. But you know, KSJE is now listener-supported, and so while you enjoy this podcast, we hope that you'll also take some time to join KSJE. Become a member today. It's quite easy to do. Just go to our website at ksje.com support and pick the level of support that best matches your budget. Thanks again for listening. Here's your podcast. Yad A, hello, and welcome to Native Art Voices of the Four Corners. This is your host, Vinaya Yazi, and I'd like to welcome our new guest, Navajo artist, Sean Bial. Hello, Sean. How's it going with you today? Hello there. Great for being on here, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I always like to have Native artists in here to give them an opportunity to tell their own narrative about the art that they do. You know, in the Native artist community, we kind of say sometimes it's a small world, right? Because we know each other. We know someone who knows someone. And so, and then plus, as as Navajos, we all have our clanship. So we're all related. So um, I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, Sean, in whatever way you want to. Hello, and thank you for having me. I'm Sean Biel. I'm a Diné artist, and I do comic book-inspired artwork, and I was born in Shiprock, New Mexico, and I'm currently based out of Bloomfield, New Mexico. Yeah, and I know I, I'm so glad I caught you, Sean, because I know I see you on the social media most like mostly in Instagram and I know that you've lived several places within the community you know we as Navajos we seem to migrate a lot like our ancestors did right yeah. we go to where there's work or to where we know we'll be able to do a little bit more for our community so I'm glad to hear that you're back in the community can you give us a little rundown on what do you think your role is within the community of the four corners as a visual artist well I think my role you know I've been back within maybe over a year and a half into the four corners I was away for a while you know going to school and just living life out in different areas and you know and I think that's a good thing for artists you know just experiencing life but you know, as a dinner person, I've always wanted to come back to my homeland. And I think after a while, at being away, I did feel that um, need to come back home. So once I did come back home, you know, I had the experience and I had my artwork with me. And, you know, my community was my culture. And that was one thing that I've always had close to me doing my artwork is, you know, mm-hmm. I've loved comic books. That was my one of my first loves. But at the same time, I've always liked my um my culture so I tried to mix those two on my art journey I've always held my culture close so that's always been a big part of what I do and I think that's what I try to bring to my community you know just to show um, the beauty of our culture and you know especially nowadays I'm kind of getting to play on a big wider stage especially doing um, jobs with like Marvel I'm I get to promote, you know, our culture and, you know, show our the beauty of what we have. And I think on a worldwide stage, I think people will be able to appreciate that. And, you know, and also at the same time, you know, maybe I can get people interested in, you know, looking more into our culture. That's a really good platform, Sean, because it's really rare that a major, I guess, book publisher or like comic book industry, like you mentioned Marvel, 
is recognizing a Navajo person from the four corners and really seeing that you have the talent to go ahead and um, maybe collaborate with them. And that was going to be one of my main questions to you is um, congratulations on that. And can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, Marvel and maybe like how you actually got in contact with them? And Well, Marvel, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, Marvel was like one of my favorite companies. Um, Spider-Man was one of my big favorite heroes. And the X-Men, that was probably the one I get, gravitated towards the most because, you know, maybe when I was younger, I didn't recognize it. But, you know, they were outsiders and they were like, I guess I could um, resonate that resonated more with me. But for me, the art, I guess, is what um, I kind of really like, you know, the dynamic of it and the storytelling. Subconsciously, maybe I, I gravitated towards superhero comics more because, you know, there is like a, it's like a mythology. Mm -hmm. And um, growing up, I knew a little bit about my culture, but I wasn't like, knew everything about it. So I think that may have filled a void that I was missing in my life. And, you know, and I did like seeing the aspects, the struggles of good versus evil and, you know, Especially like um, Spider-Man, flawed heroes, you know, they, they struggle through life. But the thing is, they always wanted to do good. And that, that was one thing I always liked about uh, superhero comics. And growing up, as I started learning more about my culture, I could see um, parallels between, you know, like stories within, especially like our hero twins and our Diné culture. They're, they're not superheroes, but, you know, they kind of have that same mythological feel and that same thing of wanting to do right, protecting the people. And so for me... I think that's what resonated with inside me. And so growing up, that's one aspect I didn't want to lose, you know, that sense of empowerment that it would give me. And that's the thing I believe in is, you know, art, empowerment through art, whether it be, you know, drawing, whether it be music making, skateboarding, it's whatever you're passionate about, you know, as long as it's not hurting people, I think um, that's the main thing that gives us true inner power. And I think expressing it and having people appreciate it and that's, that just makes me feel more powerful and that's the way I think I can help the community and for me especially working with Marvel that's a bigger stage and I think I'm luckily enough and fortunate enough that they reached out to me it wasn't just through my you know I had to do hard work and they've probably seen that and you know other people seen it and, and I'm pretty sure that doing indigenous comic con may have you know, showing another light on me, but, you know, doing things with, like, Lee Francis and his Red Book Planet. It's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's, you know, it's an indigenous comic book company, and they also do, um, they have a bookstore, but I'm pretty sure he promoted me, too. You know, they got to see me on, do work with him. And then, you know, just doing, I think nowadays, social media does have a big power. Nowadays, we can represent ourselves, so... I don't need an art gallery representing me. I don't need a middleman. And so for me, I get to promote myself. And I think companies are looking at social medias now. They're looking at people because they don't need that middleman. They can see you. And I think the thing that promotes you is your work. You can be talented, but if you're not doing the hard work, no one's going to see it. And the thing about that is just being consistent. And it does take a long time. You know, I've been at this for years. It's not overnight. But at the same time, I think the more you work at it, the more the more you get out of it. And for me, getting to work at Marvel, that may be a goal I had when I was younger, but now that I've kind of got to that goal, I do like playing more with my stuff too, just, you know, my own creator, own stuff. And I can do that, tell my own stories, tell what I want. And at the same time, I can work with people like Marvel and, you know, where they're nowadays, they're a little bit more open to, um, you know, getting um, authentic representation. And so for me, you know, I get to work on characters and make sure they're authentic and also, you know, show them the beauty of the cult our culture that they may not be familiar with besides stereotypes that they've heard of. And, you know, I think that was one thing 
that was successful about working with, with Marvel, besides me and other indigenous artists, is, you know, they got to see that there is a variety of cultures within the indigenous communities. We're not just one culture. We are a multifaceted. We're all different cultures. You know, we're all indigenous to this to this land. And by doing more things like that, you know, it'll educate people and also expose them to, you know, just the variety that is around them. And I think it'll help them appreciate more and also you know to learn for us as indigenous people it does help us you know get in touch with ourselves because i think expressing ourselves through art is i think is a very positive force yes i agree with everything you said sean and it's really nice to hear a navajo artist understand all these very complex details about being an artist out in 2022 right because we still do have stereotypes about us in the world, you know, and the only time, you know, a lot of times we as indigenous, as native people get recognized is when we're in our tribal clothing or, you know, maybe in the powwow area, you know, otherwise the general global public don't really recognize us. And in a way they kind of pity us and sometimes because they say we're impoverished and you know we live on reservations and all the things but I think your opportunity to retell a story and correct those stereotypes and correct those misrepresentations is really powerful and I, I always tell people that artists in our Navajo culture are meant to be here and especially now you know after the pandemic you know we've had a lot of people who have been isolated and trying to get back out into the world and, and be around other public places, sometimes that's anxiety-ridden, right? Our job as Navajo artists specifically is to do what you just said. Everything you just said is what I think we as Native artists need to recognize and then enact and help our community. And, you know, when you think about comics, a lot of times comics are, well, in the past, they used to be a kind of um, focused to the youth, right? But now I, I see young young adults and older older um, adults are even, yeah, even like our grandma and grandpas, they recognize what's a superhero, what's a comic book. And there's ways that you can teach people about all those things that you mentioned, you know, about our history, about uh, stereotypes, about uh, racial issues, but then you can bring it back around and say, well, you can be empowered. Whether you do the art, whether Sean Bial does the art, you can empower yourself and then from there help the people. And that is totally the, what is it, the ingredient list of what a social uh, superhero is. So I think that's really cool. And I love that you're connecting the Navajo culture, like our cosmology, with what comic book world is. Because we do have superheroes in our Navajo, Bahaneki, right? Our history. We have like the hero twins you mentioned. And then we have all these like secondary characters who help to make sure that the Navajo people were able to overcome. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to my next question, Sean. You you did a lot of um, talk about like Indigenous Comic-Con and then Marvel. What are you actually going to be doing with Marvel and what are they asking you to help them out with? I did get to work on them in that, that comic book series, uh, was it Native Heritage, Heritage Voices? And that was a, uh, luckily it was a second annual that they did it. So hopefully they do it another next year and I would like to be a part of that. But at the same time, I am. I would like to see you know newer, newer indigenous artists that be a part of that as well, because I think that's a good opportunity for people and you know to expose their art, but also you know get exposure to other people and other cultures, and, and I think that's a good foot, a good way to get your foot in the door, and 
also but the other thing too is working with marvel was um working on the marvel strike force game that one's a mobile a mobile app game and that one was um through a game company called scopely and i guess marvel reached out to them to create characters for that game but this was the 60th anniversary of spider-man so they wanted to give something back to the fans so the company came up with an idea to do an indigenous character they wanted to do something about um, navajo related because they heard about spider woman and so but rather than just make up something on their own you know they wanted to learn more and get authentic representation so they hired me as a, co a cultural consultant and a character designer so I looked at their designs and looked at their thing and pretty much, I mean, it, it was pretty respectful. So I, I liked that. And so I agreed to it and I looked over their things and, you know, I had to touch up a few things and just talk to them about more, delve more into Navajo culture, what was, what was good, what was bad that they were doing, the wrong way to do stuff. And also like their character designs and while they were okay, most of them were okay. At the same time, you know, they weren't, they weren't indigenous, they weren't Diné. So they, I, you can't expect them to just get it perfectly so while they had something that was kind of close at the same time it was very stereotypical so for me I just had to come in bring my own designs and show them what I would think a Navajo Spider-Woman character would look like and so for me you know I, I took things that I guess we could recognize from our culture you know like our Navajo bun hairs our, our turquoise our jewelry and then like our leg or the women's leggings and so those were aspects I wanted to bring over and so that was things I showed them that you could show this character being Navajo and then talk to them about their backstory origin we worked back and forth and because you know it was teamwork and but once they showed me the the computer designs and how it was going to look in game and they finalized everything and I gave them my okay and everything worked out and now we got a character named Spider Weaver and you know she's a uh, the first uh Dinesh Spider Spider-Man character and it's even though it's set in a multiverse if she does become popular enough she might jump over to the you know the comic book series and you know I think that'll be a good um representation there but also you know another unique character and i think even visually looks different than other characters and i think that and also at the same time you know getting feedback from people that was the thing because they did a secret reveal and it was just all in shadow but there was a few people that already kind of knew it was Dene because they knew they saw that peaks of the the turquoise and they hit me up and a few of them were actually the next characters that play this game and they were excited and they're like i hope it's now once they found out and then that, that i was a part of it too and they hit me up and they were real appreciative and they, they, they're good that they could see something that they could um relate to in the game that they really like and so i think that was a good way of you know getting into pop culture getting you know getting ourselves out there you know we can work with these bigger companies and come to a you know an authentic representation of a character and at the same time i think that we can also create our own characters and i think you know with social media we can you know create stuff that's unique that's uniquely ours and i never thought i would ever get into video games that was something i, I liked when i was little but now you know after all these years i'm doing comic books video games and you know character designs and this it's it's good and i think it's all through you know just um social media just presenting yourself and also um just doing the hard work and that's the thing i tell people it does take hard work it's not it may look like overnight but you know behind the scenes it does take a lot of hard work and there's a lot of trial and error and that's what i tell people you know if you're willing to put in the hard work you will get payback it just takes time Again, that is so true, you know, especially as young, specifically Navajo artists, you know, we grow up in, in our Navajo culture where our we always have our family member that are artists, right? They were always creative. Look at our grandmas. 
they were weavers. And then you look at our grandfathers, Nietzsche, you know, they did like, sometimes they would do woodworking, sometimes they would be silversmiths, or they would do like horsehair braiding for their horses, you know. And we, we as Navajo kids, we grow up in this culture of creative people. And, you know, and even in our Navajo our, our, our philosophies that art is a very important part of our culture and then you know when we live in America they always tell us that you know a lot of times when you have someone say I want to go up and be an artist and they're like no 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 they're like be a lawyer be a police officer be a mm-hmm. doctor you know and I always thought of that when I grew up because I um, mean you know, I was I was very you know I had I know I had the talent to be an artist because you know when I was in grade school I always had a hard time with my my name because my name was hard to pronounce and then it's the end of the alphabet and I always, you know, people would tease me about my name, but I always felt confident knowing that people knew I was an artist because they say, oh yeah, Vanilla, she's a good drawer, you know, she can draw people, you know, and that was my empowerment, right, at Mm -hmm. school because I was shy, I was an introvert and, you know, being a Navajo kid growing up in this community, which is, has many trials in itself, art empowered me and I could see how, young Navajo boys and girls looking at your work, Sean, seeing that there's a Navajo character named Spider Woman and that they know her from their own family stories is an empowerment. And I just, I I get goosebumps because I I know these kids are just going to feel so good, you know, when they understand, like, look at this comic book or look at this character. It's a Navajo and I'm a Navajo, you know, because a lot of times through years of colonization, and assimilation, you know, a lot of times our families, like maybe our mothers or our aunties and our cousins, they didn't really want to teach about Navajo culture. And so, you know, even from your and I generation, I'm, ass- I'm assuming your generation X, like me, we we learn some, but not a lot, you know. And then now I look at our kids that are maybe eight years old now, and a lot of times their parents don't teach them about being a Navajo and like, what are the stories? So I think this opportunity you're being given, you're on this platform for literally the global community to be like, okay, what is Navajo culture from this person's perspective? And how are they presenting this concept of spider woman who is part of Navajo culture? And let's look at see what he has to say. So I could see how teachers could use your work in their own school curriculum, because they could talk about the role of women in a culture, they could talk about the superheroes and like you know they could relate it to maybe like greek mythology Mm -hmm. because they teach that in school so i think it's a really good opportunity that you have sean to just be out there and and i think you're very intelligent and you really understand the the pros and the cons you know that you understand the light and the dark the good and the bad what's really good about that is i know you're gonna have a good teaching tool as you go out wherever your next road leads through art the next question i wanted to ask you about is how do you think your work can influence kids and you know like have you seen it work in the lives of kids recently well for me i think um yeah i think uh, I, I see it in the youth because especially in um, social media because that's the way a lot of them do you know communicate nowadays mm-hmm. and you know and especially when i move back to the area and a lot of them that did find out that i do live here in the four corners they were just like kind of ecstatic because you know they're like I mean, to me, I'm just like a guy that grew up here and, you know, I'm doing art. But to them, I know it's different because, you know, they just see me and maybe in like printing or something or like in newses. And so they think it's like something kind of exotic. But for me, I I just, you know, I just want to tell them that, you know, I did grow up here. I did, you know, I did 
struggle. You know, I grew up with no electricity, running water, even though I just lived outside of Farmington. But, you know, then I went to boarding school. But, you know, through all that, you know, the thing that's always been there was my art, you know, and comic books. And so for me, I just tell kids, just work at what work hard at what you want you know it does take time and sometimes yeah it may not pay off in the beginning but you know over time it will and heart life is a struggle but you know it's what you take with those struggles and how you want to I guess empower yourself so for me I, t I just tell kids that you know whatever you're passionate about you know just keep at it whether you know like some a lot of kids do like drawing they like art tell them that there is more there is like you know writing there's um you making songs skateboarding filmmaking I was like, anything that you're passionate about, there's people out there that do architecture. I was like, that's another art form. I was like, even if like, you know, just doing like, even like old traditional art weaving, even new stuff, if you like doing computer stuff, like video games, I was like, that's all art. As long as you're passionate about it, try to strive for a goal. That's the thing I tell people to strive for a goal. I mean, even though I was young and I never thought I would get places, I knew I, I wanted to do art. That's the thing. I always knew I wanted and I didn't think I would be able to live off of it. I just tell kids, you know, you just got to believe in yourself. I never thought I would be able to work at Marvel or do, like, video games or do, like, all these things I'm doing. But, you know, if I gave up, it's kind of you have to have that inner belief. And I know some the days it can be hard, especially in the way the world is and especially the way, you know, some family homes can be. But I think if you find something that you're passionate about and that, that you just keep working at it, so for me, mine was just, you know, drawing. It was comic books, and I just kept working at it. Even when I didn't think no one else was looking, you know, it was something that made me happy. And as long as it made me happy, and luckily I, I found a way, you know, to share it with the world, and the world, you know, they show, they seemed to appreciate it. Because I remember being a young kid, and there's one artist that came to our high school, and he was a Navajo artist. And I seen him in magazines, but, you know, he was quiet, and he showed us a little work demo. But, you know, just the fact that he was Diné, he was actually an artist, and he was doing this, just that little bit. I mean, they brought other artists before, but yeah. they weren't Diné artists. And yeah. just to see, it's like, okay, I can do this. I think I can do this, you know, because you, you see someone else doing it that's from your community. And I think that, that kind of provides that little spark that everyone needs. Because, you know, that's the thing for me, you know, I'm not in it to be famous, to be rich, you know. Because for me, I think if that's your goal, you know, it's not going to last for me, I think it's just to, you know, I want to be, I want to inspire people. That's my thing is well, just to be that spark, that spark of inspiration for the, you know, the future generation, because, you know, each generation, you know, will um, provide for the next generation. If we just keep helping the next generation, I think, you know, it'll grow overall, you know, because the way I see it, especially with social media, I think now people can share, people can promote stuff. And then um, the thing that's most important is people have a voice. And I think that's the thing that, you know, the internet really has given power to you know so if you have a if you want to say something you can do it through the internet you want to share your artwork through, through the internet and i think now that's the that's the power we have is we have the control now i think that's kind of sometimes why it may scare people but you know what i think that as job as artists even if we don't think it you know we're the, we're the voice of the generation it's true and whether it be just specifically in navajo culture or american culture or the global culture i think it's interesting how you said that sean because you know, I, what you said earlier about 
quote, cutting out the middleman. Because we look at our great-grandmother's generation, our great-grandfathers, they, they had to bring a middleman, right? Like, was the trading postman, the trader, because they would go to him, and then he would buy their rug or their wool or their cattle, whatever, and then sell it and then make a profit. That's business. But for us, social media has allowed for us, no matter what age we are as Native people specifically, to be our own entities and, and do our own business. One thing I wanted to ask you, because it's really important, I think, for other Native artists to hear, and, and other artists in general, is the business of art and marketing. Because that's my mo- my least favorite part of being an artist. I wish I could hire someone mm-hmm. to do all that for me. So can you just talk a little bit about how, when you became an artist, you're like, I want to be an artist, I want to do this. But we don't think about the business of art. Um, how did you come to learn about the business of art? For me, the business of art, you know, my first exposure through it, even though I didn't know about it really, it was through my mom. You know, she's a, she's a, she does bead work. She does, she's an artist in her own right. And, you know, she, she would go sail on the weekends. And, you know, so for me, growing up with her, that was um, probably my first exposure, you know. So thinking about it now, she was pretty much, you know, her own, an entrepreneur doing her own art, promoting it and going out and selling it. And she didn't have any, she was the type to take it to like a trading post and let them sell it. She was the type to, and I just thought that was normal growing up. I may not have really fully understood it when I was younger until I started growing up. She never like forced me to go sell stuff. So I drew and I never sold stuff. I just kind of, it was for more for myself. It wasn't until I went to to art school. I went to the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And even though technically I was pretty good at artwork, you know, I think the college really helped me open my mind to different aspects of art, you know, like art history and stuff and the creative process and like what you want to say with your art. But for big part too was also you know taking portfolio class and taking the business of art class because you know that is that is a thing that yes you're an artist you're art but if you want to take this seriously it is a business that's the thing is you got to treat it as a business if you want to be successful and that's the part is you got to treat it as a job and yeah that part can make it not fun sometimes but you know at the same time it's up to you you can make it fun it's still art it's still work but you know as long as you treat it serious and i think that's that's the part of you know taking that next step and this is also during that transition time when you know social media was just barely beginning you know myspace was really starting that was before facebook so my first like foray into really missing around with the internet wasn't until college in 2003 before then maybe got to do a little bit in high school but the internet back then was slow and it wasn't the same as it was so it wasn't until college that you know you could start to see um internet blossoming you could start seeing things and this is before youtube and so back then they still promoted the idea of you know having a middleman going to a gallery and you know kind of doing stuff like that unless you were going to go sell it got like um crafts where you would have a table and sell yourself but there was still that um i guess there was still that separation there i think around the 2010s to 2012s when i started seeing you know social media becoming more of a big thing with artists you know started seeing artists doing more and when i graduated from art school there was a few of us younger guys you know we were all kind of doing our own thing we could do shows with the art galleries but a lot of times they consider our art lowbrow and so so we did a lot of stuff underground i guess kind of punk style throw our own shows do our own things and promote our own self that's when you started seeing the effects of social media then instagram facebook and then doing that and you started seeing yeah it's a social platform but after a while you're like 
I could use this to promote myself. I don't have to just use this as a social thing just to talk to friends. I could show my art and start. So I started doing that. And you know, it was just to show my art, just to show sketches. And slowly I started seeing those started getting busy, the artwork side, not the, so much the personal side. And I was like, okay, this could be like, like a website. So I started just doing stuff on uh, my Facebook and my Instagram, you know, showing artwork. And slowly I started selling it through there because people were really asking for artwork. So I was like, okay. And the thing I did was, was being consistent. That's the thing of social media, I tell people is being consistent. So if you're doing things every day, even if it's a little thing, you start building an audience. And then the thing I think was just doing collaborations with other other artists on there. And you know, you guys both promote each other because their audience may not have been feel familiar with you. You guys get to promote each other and you guys benefit from it. And I think that's the thing was just building an audience. The more you build your audience, and then you can translate that into your business side, taking commissions. That was the thing too. Was, so slowly it was just trial and error. Yeah, I didn't have a gallery represent me. I did try to do that before, but you know, that was before they were at the big comic book boom. So they didn't like, they never called me back. It wasn't until I started, you know, doing my own thing and just started getting that, you know, I started, oh, art shows. Okay. So now I'm kind of doing my own, promoting myself. And I think that was the thing about business side of art that instead of someone else owning things and doing stuff, I get to do myself. It is a lot of hard work. The thing I tell people is um, balance. Finding the balance. It's like even within life, as, as much as you may be passionate about something, it's, it's good to take a break. It's good to, you know, when to step back. My first few years, I went hard at doing the artwork. I do suffer from depression and anxiety, and that did take a big toll during that time. And that's when I kind of have to learn that, you know, how much work I can take, how much, you know, family life I have to balance, and then how much time I need to just, just to take for myself. And that was a thing, I think, that's part of about the business of art, too, is, you know, because we don't have, we're not like a nine-to-five job, so you don't have someone there telling you, you, you can rest now, you can do this, or that we have, like, health benefits. So for a lot of things, we're self-employed entrepreneurs. We're trying to do things ourselves, so our job is usually, was it 24-7? Day in my life, you know, I start in the morning, you know, I have to get ready and stuff, but the thing is checking emails, checking my social media. That takes a big chunk of the morning, depending on how many jobs are projects you're working on you may have all these emails then you have people that are hitting you up so you may have to check them and then you know you have to get back to people then you go through your social media you may have messages then you got to promote stuff on there put up stuff then by that time you know it's noon time so I can maybe start work like laying out what I need to work on okay what do I have to work on today and that may be either you know just drawing inking painting doing digital coloring and trying to do that all day and then around three o'clock in the afternoon you know I pick up my daughter get her settled in get her worked in then in the evening I jump back into you know whatever projects I need to work on and I try to work on that up into maybe into the night it's hard sometimes to stop make myself stop because I know I need rest because I know I'll pay for it the next day so it's that part where I have to make myself stop and so sometimes that can catch up to you and that's not even and throwing in what life got for you family wants to do things you got to go it's very hectic so a lot of times when people say i wish i could have a job like it's just to draw at home i was like yeah if i just drew at home none of this would be happy because no one would see it nothing would that's probably a small percentage of the part is the creative part i always tell people i'm open to you know questions you know younger artists and that's the thing when i do talk to classrooms or do i do workshops as I tell people I'm open if you want to I'll tell you my experience it may be different than other people experience but I'll tell you how I did mine and you know 
then there's other people out there that may share their experience and I think that's just good to draw from because you know not everyone has the same path and it, that works for them and I, I think what works for people is just doing hard work and consistency yeah and the other thing is just taking balance because you see people burn out there can be a burnout as an artist you can push yourself too much but I think you seem to have a really good understanding of how to be healthy mental spiritual physically healthy as an artist and I think once you grasp that, you're, you're kind of good. You're really a blessing to our Navajo community and the art you do blesses the Four Corners. I've kind of watched your, your work go through the years and, and where you're at now. And I, I honestly am very proud of you. So thank you for sharing your experience of being a Navajo artist within the Four Corners community. Do you have any social media places where you could tell us where you we could find your work you can find me i just have two social media it's just instagram and facebook and both of them are under my name just sean bl i do have a merchandise and other stuff available on redbubble.com just under my name sean bl currently i do have one in albuquerque new mexico at the pueblo indian cultural center it's called a testament and power of empowerment show looking forward to maybe trying to do indigenous comic con which will happen in 2023 i think believe in spring okay great thank you for sharing that information so you can find them on those social media outlets hopefully you'll have more and more bigger projects coming up this is native art voices of the four corners did you enjoy that podcast we hope that you did and if you did share it with your friends and if you really want to keep podcasts like this coming please support KSJE. You can do it easily online at ksje.com.